0: I would like, actually, I would like to unmute a random person that I've seen in here every time, and if they could give us a summary of of what happened last week, what we learned last week, and the person I'm going to pick on right now is actually Yolandi in South Africa. I am going to pick on you. I know you just got, you just freaked, you just freaked out. She actually, she actually looked, she was looking at her notes like, oh gosh, I wonder what we did last week. And then she heard her name and freaked out. Okay. So, um, I'm going to, I'm okay. I'm going to unmute you now. You, you're unmuted. Hi. <laughs> What's going on, Yolande? Okay. So, uh, I, I met Yolandi years and years ago in, in South Africa and she, she took me to, uh, she took Katie and I to the, to the. Cape of Good Hope. Yeah. It's been a long time. So that, that is truly the uttermost part of the earth, let me tell you. So literally, Yolandi, can you give us a quick summary of what we what we hit last week? Just it doesn't have to be extensive.
1: All right. I'll just um, look at my notes. <laughs> so we saw last week, we saw something about the corporate aspect. Of how we deal with Satan. The, we spoke about the oneness of the body according to John 17 what the Lord prayed for and uh, we spoke about actually when we are really one that defeats Satan. That defeats mm-hmm. the enemy.
2: Amen.
3: Amen.
1: Then also, um, we saw that we actually, we need to make the decision Mm. um, regarding how we build, how we build together. And according to 1 Corinthians 3 verse 5, we cannot be following a person or a teaching and then also we saw God's choice, which is the ground, uh, which is the place where Jehovah chose us to be. Mm. Um, so we there was this question asked, where where do we build? We have to build where God's choice is. Amen. Um, and then we saw some in the New Testament, we saw the universal and the local aspect of church. Uh, and then something that stood out to me was this matter. I think you mentioned it, Trevor. You said we all need to wake up. We need to wake up to realize where we are right now, that it's a battle that's going on. Hmm. Um, there's spiritual warfare going on behind the scenes. Right. And and the Lord He needs creature to deal with creature. We saw that Satan is just a creature.
3: Hmm. But he
1: uses us as a man. He uses man as a creature to deal with Satan. So we are we can be involved in that process. Um, then we also saw something about how we can how we can deal with Satan. There's this matter of a city and a house. Hmm. And then we, at the end, we saw this matter of blessing, how Mm. oneness brings us, brings in the blessing.
3: Amen.
1: According to Psalms 133, the ointment coming down. Mm. Amen. Yeah.
0: Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Okay, well, thank you. You did a fantastic job. And yes. thank you for also working out all the translations in the South African gospel videos. Okay, so Yolandi's been been the contact point down there. Okay, so this is the deal. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute her now. Okay, so uh, where's where did where did Ivan go? Down there. Ivan lowered his hand, bro. You're not supposed to lower your hand, Ivan. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta be like my boy Wayne. You know what I'm saying? Okay, Wayne. Wayne there you thanks. go. Good job, and Ivan. And Ivan muted himself again, bro. Ivan, do you want to be a part of this or not?
2: <laughs> Here we go. Let's unmute there it. You okay, thank yeah, you, you.
0: Ivan. You thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay. My network crashed. Oh,
4: it crashed. Yeah, I well, not really crashed, but yeah.
3: Okay. Oh, cool. <laughs> welcome back. You. Thank you.
0: Okay, TIA, bro. Um, okay, so Wayne, Wayne, bro, I'm focusing on Wayne right now. Okay, and I'm I'm supposed to kind of do the intro and then we'll we'll jump into this. Okay, so Wayne, I have I have a question for you that a lot of a lot of believers actually don't consider or even know. Okay, and my question to you, Wayne, is where is Satan right now? It's a little bit of a trick question, but where is Satan right now?
5: Uh, in my flesh, in the world, accusing us in, like, okay. he's accusing us, yeah.
0: He's accusing us where? In heaven. Oh, oh, okay. So this is this is an interesting thing, Wayne. Um, a lot of believers don't actually know that Satan is in heaven. Did you know that right now? I mean, you kind of, you kind of did, Wayne. You, you mm-hmm. knew that. Did you know that, bro? So there's, there's yes. this well, that can is... go. Okay. Okay. So there's, there is this concept that, you know, when I, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. And a lot of believers don't know that their, that their neighbor might actually be Satan. Okay. (laughs) So, so this is the deal, Wayne. This is the deal. Um, We're going to get into that another week. We're going to get into, we're going to get into heaven another week. We're going to do a heaven topic. Okay. But this week, this week we're, we're going to, we're gonna uh, we're gonna finish this dealing with Satan okay and subduing Satan and so last week like Yolandi was saying it it was much about the outward we need to meet as as one believe as one group of believers in a city to actually defeat Satan in an outward way okay and this this is an aspect of bringing in his kingdom but his kingdom we'll, we'll see later on in this, this uh, evening well it's going to be evening by the time we're done. But later on, we'll actually see that when he brings in his kingdom, it's not only outward, but it's also an inward manifestation of the kingdom, which is his testimony, okay? So there needs to be a testimony in these places. So if all you have is this outward shell, and you don't have the inward reality of Christ living out of believers, then all you have is a shell, okay? You just have a group of people who all agree on the same thing and they're just, okay, so we're all supposed to be together and we all believe in Jesus. Okay. Mission accomplished. And that's not, that's not mission accomplished. Okay. You following me, Wayne? You with me, bro? Yes. Okay. I'm feeling this, Wayne. Okay. Wayne, I want, I want to go, actually, I'm going to share my, I'm going to share my screen. I'm going to share my, my uh, iPad here. And I want to go and show you, um, the the verse that we are we're gonna focus on mostly today
5: okay can you see this Wayne? I'm using a really small phone I can find it uh, I can get it from your screen.
0: Okay okay so this is this is the deal Wayne we're gonna we're gonna go to Revelation 12 okay and this is an interesting section so this is the verse that you that you mentioned, okay? And I would I would like you to read verses ten and eleven. Can you read those for us?
5: Yes. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, "Now has come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ." for the accuser of our brothers has been cast down who accuses them before our god day and night and they overcame him. amen because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony and they loved not their soul life even unto death
0: okay so wayne uh praise the lord you know i i love these verses and one thing one thing that we need to focus on here is they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb. So there's three things because of the word of their testimony and they love not their soul life, even unto death. Hmm. So these are actually the three things that we're going to focus on today. Okay. And this is a believer's personal experience. We want, we want to make very clear at the beginning of this, the more we dove into this, Nathaniel Guillaume and I are highly aware that there are a ton of topics that we can hit when we do this. It's actually endless, okay? But the point that we're making today, we understand that that you can't defeat the enemy without the body and that to, to accomplish the armor in Ephesians 6, you need the body. We're fully aware of how important the corporate aspect is. But what we're focusing on today is really our personal um, fight with the enemy on a daily basis because a lot of times my companions don't live with me. Okay. Thankfully my wife does, but my companions don't live with me. And so no one, no one in my house or any of my companions or anyone in my locality can lose my soul life for me. Okay. Yeah. So there is, there is a personal aspect that we're focusing on today. Okay. So that is my disclaimer at the very beginning so we don't get emails and texts later on, okay? So, this is the deal, guys. This is the deal. So, so uh, is it Dasha?
6: Dasha? Yes. Dasha? Dasha, like Sasha with a D.
0: Dasha. <laughs> okay, Dasha. I've got to, I'm gonna transition over to you for a second, and I'm gonna ask you, where, where do I find the blood of the lamb?
6: Where do you find the blood of the lamb?
0: Yes. Where can I find it? Like, how do I get it?
6: Well, Christ is the lamb. Okay. And when he when he died on the cross, out came blood and water.
0: All right. Yeah. Okay. So where? So it's in the lamb. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, but but Dasha,
6: how do I get it? You apply it. How? by, um, by confessing your sins and repenting. And then the blood cleanses you from every sin.
0: Okay. So Dasha, when, when did the lamb, when did the lamb of God take away the sins of the world? When in time?
6: When in time when he was crucified.
0: Okay. Yeah. So he's crucified, right? Mm -hmm. Which was 2000 years ago. Mm hmm. Okay, so how do I, 2,000 years later, how do, how do you connect this 2,000 year gap between this point in time, 2,000 years ago, and me now? What, what thing brings me the blood?
6: The, our spirit being mingled with his.
0: Okay. <laughs> <Are you kidding? laughs> Ooh, okay, okay. So here we go. Here we go. What we when we were really going over this this week, and we were getting more and more and more crunk about it, we were getting really excited, guys. Okay, and what we what we really started to focus on is there's no way we can talk about this topic without talking about the compound spirit. Okay, and so what where we're gonna where we're gonna start with this is how we apply the blood of the lamb is is through the compound spirit. The Lord gave us a tool. To defeat the enemy, and that tool is the spirit. Okay, so what we're what we're going to do here? We're going to come at this a really weird way. Okay, and I, I even when I wrote this these series of verses out, Nathaniel and Guillaume were a little confused, which makes a lot of sense. But hopefully, we can make it pretty clear. Okay, so Dasha, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going with you here, and okay, can you read Genesis two twenty two? Yes. So this goes back to our first dive sesh about, about the divine romance, if you all remember. Okay, so go ahead, Dasha.
6: And Jehovah God built the rib, which he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. Okay, so
0: there is a bone that is taken out of Adam. Okay, the first Adam. There's a bone, okay. And this bone, interestingly enough, what does a bone have anything to do with anything? Well, actually, if you go to John 19 34 or 33 through, okay, I need you to read these also, through six.
6: But coming to Jesus, when they saw that he had already died, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately there came out blood and water. Hmm. And he who has seen this has testified, and his testimony is true, and he knows that he says what is true, that you also may believe. For these things happened that the scripture might be fulfilled. No bone of his shall be broken.
0: Okay, Dasha, what is the spiritual significance, or who cares, if the Lord's bones were broken on the cross. Why does that matter?
3: Hmm.
6: Because, well, if, if, his, if his bones were broken, then, the, then he, they wouldn't be able to be built into, like connecting back to Genesis, okay.
3: because
6: it was, it was the rib, it was the rib that God used to build Eve, which symbolizes Christ building his church. But if his bone was broken, mm-hmm. then you can't build something with broken bones. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. I'm feeling this. Okay. But we're actually going to take it a little bit further than that. Okay. Because we're actually okay. going to show you what bones signify in the Bible. Okay. Awesome. So, bones, I like the fact that you brought out that it's how he builds Eve. Okay. And Eve actually Eve's name means living okay so all you all you sisters all you sisters if you ever want to know man what am i supposed to do it seems like the brothers are the ones talking okay <laughs> sisters you know what your job is it's to be living you know Amen. because that's that's Eve's name is living okay so this is, this is uh, you have a, actually, we have a lot of jobs. I'm just pointing out one, okay? So this is, can I go 2 Kings? This is crazy, guys. We're going to 2 Kings right now. Okay, 2 Kings 13, 21. And something that we can't get into today is that Elisha, not Elijah, the guy that was caught up in a whirlwind in the chariot, okay? Um, this is Elisha, the guy that came after him. Can you read, he's a type of Christ in the Old Testament. Can you read what happens when someone touches his bones?
6: And so it happened that as the people were burying a man, they saw a band and they cast the man into the grave of Elisha. And as soon as the man touched the bones of Elisha, he came to life and stood up on his feet.
0: Okay, okay, you guys, you guys. Bones signify the resurrection life of Christ.
3: Mm, amen.
0: Okay. And so the church as Eve is actually built with the unbreakable resurrection life of Christ. Okay. This is why bones are so significant. This is why bones in Ezekiel are built and, and they're eventually formed into an army to take on God's enemy. Okay, this is the valley of dry bones. We're not gonna get into that, but I'm just referencing it, okay? But there's, there's a problem because, you know, God didn't resurrect in the Old Testament, right? There was, there yeah. was no, there was no, he, he, he had never experienced death and you can't experience resurrection without experiencing death. Am I correct? I mm-hmm. think so, okay? So this is the deal. What we're going to see here is we're going to go to John 7, 39, okay? And this is funny because there's different translations of this verse, and a lot of theologians and interpreters and translators, they don't actually know how to translate this verse because it doesn't really make sense. Can you you read it for us?
6: But this he said concerning the Spirit whom those who believed into him were about to receive for the spirit was not yet because Jesus had not yet been glorified.
0: Okay. So a lot of translations actually say for the spirit was not yet. And then they add the word given Mm -hmm. here. Okay. Now I understand why they do that, but it's not in the Greek. The word given is not there. And so if you actually read this, according to the Greek, the word given isn't there, which makes it really weird and mysterious. What do you mean the spirit wasn't yet? The spirit was in Genesis 1-2, brooding over the surface of the deep, was it not? Dasha, what do you think? Yes. It was, right? Yes. Okay, so now we, what we have to do is we need to figure out the mystery behind John seven thirty nine. Okay. And the mystery behind it is that something happened when the Lord was glorified. Well, when was he glorified? We've got to figure that out. Okay. So he was actually glorified according to Luke 24. Can you read 26?
6: Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and enter into his glory?
0: Okay, so he, okay, and then, sorry, verse 46 also.
6: And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise up from the dead on the third day.
0: Okay, so Dasha, when was Christ glorified?
6: Um, when he rose from the dead on the third day.
0: That's what I'm talking about. Okay, when he resurrected, he was glorified. So something happened to the Spirit, something happened to the Spirit from from the time of John 7, 39, until the time of when the Lord resurrects, okay? Something transpired that made the Spirit ready to be given, okay? So we have to figure out what in the world happened to the Spirit, okay? Okay. So this is really interesting, okay? Because what we can do here is, you know, a lot of you guys, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes students will talk to me and they're like, I feel so dead. And I'm like, well, that actually means that you're alive because dead people don't feel anything. But besides (laughs) that, besides that, You know the longest. Do you know Dasha in in spiritual principles? Do you know the longest time that you're able to be dead?
6: Spirit. No, I'm assuming like when you're sleeping, but I have no idea. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're only allowed to be dead for three days. Okay. Oh. (laughs) So if if you if you just feel really dead, okay, you're only allowed to be dead (laughs) for three days. Thank you. Because because in Acts two twenty four. It actually says that death was not able to hold him. Amen. Okay. So the resurrection life that you have received from God is actually unable, it's impossible for it to be held down by death.
3: Amen. Okay.
0: So this is this is an awesome verse because the Lord resurrected because it wasn't possible for death to hold him down there in Hades, okay? So this is this is now the exciting part. There is a very mysterious ointment in Exodus 30, okay? And I don't know Dasha, do you know what numerology is? Numeral no Okay, numeral you, you probably have used it before and you didn't even know it. Okay.
6: Having to do with numbers. But
0: what does what does the number three represent in the Bible?
6: The triune God. Okay,
0: that's numerology. Congratulations. Oh, cool. So it's it's when you use numbers to signify something. They they have meaning, okay. What what does the number one represent? Ooh, I don't
6: know.
0: Okay. Well, according to Deuteronomy six four, God is one.
3: So it
0: just means it just means God. Okay. And maybe maybe one of these dives we should go through all the numbers because yeah. it, be, it can be pretty epic and kind of cool. But here we're gonna. There's a lot of numerology in what I'm about to show you guys. And what we're gonna do is Exodus thirty. Dasha, can you start reading? This is super weird, guys. This is super weird. Okay, you have to understand that in the Old Testament, actually, psych. I, you thought I was going to go to Exodus 30, but I'm going to go to Isaiah 61.1 first, because I want you to see what, can you read verse 1?
6: The Spirit of the Lord Jehovah is upon me, because Jehovah has anointed me to bring okay, you, good.
0: Yeah, sorry, I'm just going to, I'm trying to save time. So Dasha, yeah. what, what is the Spirit? Or what is oil? Oh, okay. I just told you what it was. Okay. So <laughs> my bad. Um, this is the deal. This the oil in the old testament is the spirit. Mm. And we know that from Isaiah 61, one. Okay. So now if we go to Exodus and we go back here, there is there are things that are being added to the spirit, being the oil. This is very, very interesting. Okay, so can you, can you read 23 and 24 and also 25?
6: You also take the finest spices of flowing myrrh, 500 shekels, and of fragrant cinnamon, half as much, 250 shekels, and of fragrant calamus, 250 shekels, and of cassia, 500 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hin of olive oil, and you shall make it a holy anointing oil, a fragrant oil, o- ointment, compounded according to the work of a compounder. It shall be holy anointing oil.
0: Okay, so we actually use this term compound spirit all the time, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, everyone's like, why do you say compound? Well, because the Bible says compound in verse 25. That's why we say compound, okay? So it's the compound oil, okay, which is the compound spirit. Now, what we have to do is we have to figure out what is being compounded, okay? So I if you guys, I'm going to actually switch over, and I'm going to diagram this entire thing for you. So if you guys could actually have a Bible in front of you on Exodus 30, it would really help. For you to follow along, okay. I don't care if it's a phone or if it's physical, you know. Okay, so this is where I'm going to transition over to here, okay. And <clears throat> okay, this is going to get crazy, you guys. I I don't I don't know if you're going to get as excited about this as I did last night, uh, talking to myself about this. But <laughs> do you guys talk to yourself? Okay, here we go. So what we what we essentially have there are a lot of things that I want you to see here. And Dasha, I'm, I'm going to need you to, I'm going to ask you to, to look up verses that we're not going to show on the screen. Okay. And and read them if you can. Okay? Sure. So what, the first thing we have here, um, let's let's actually, wh- what is the, what's the first measurement or the first thing? Do you remember?
6: It is myrrh, 500 shekels.
0: Okay. Myrrh is actually kind of the same root word of where we get martyr. Okay, and th- this is this is actually um, here we're going to hit the five hundred here. Um, <clears throat> myrrh is actually what they used in the olden times to bury people. Okay, so if you remember, Nicodemus showed up and he used he used myrrh um, to to anoint the Lord at his death before they buried him. Okay. So, what you have next, what's the next one?
6: Uh, Cinnamon, half as much, so 250 shekels.
0: 250, okay. And then how about the next
6: one? And then calamus, also 250 shekels.
0: Uh, 250, my B. Okay, so now now what you have is um, the next one.
6: And Cassia, five hundred shekels.
0: This is harder than you guys think it is. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is really interesting. So, if I'm if I'm the priest back, then I'm kind of confused. I'm I'm I don't really understand why you're doing this, Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, you're asking us to add these things to the oil which represents the spirit okay so what you have over here oh, actually let's break this let's break these four things down these four things actually represent Jesus Christ on the earth there's a way to there's a way to explain this okay if you actually combine these two how much do you get
6: 500
0: Okay. So now what you, if you look at it from this perspective, what you have is you have three things of 500, right? So actually three and five are the numbers that Noah used for the ark, which is also the, the ark actually represents the church in the old Testament. So three and five are what God uses for his building. Okay. Okay. So on this on in this sense we can actually look at these four elements and we can actually see the triune god because the first the first is myrrh and myrrh actually signifies the bitter the bitterness of Christ's death okay so this is the father putting the son to death okay if you taste myrrh it's horrible Okay, I wouldn't eat it. Some people eat it. I don't know about that. Okay, but although although Christ's death is precious, okay, it was also it was also very bitter, okay. And so this is actually the Father putting the Son to death. Then you have the cinnamon, and the cinnamon has a very sweet smell, right? And this is the sweet aspect of Christ's death. But this the the Lord actually as the as the second of the Trinity was actually cut in half on the cross. He was split open. Okay. And so the next one actually signifies Calamus and and, and what that signifies is his resurrection. Okay. I'm going to share with you guys what I, the reason Calamus signifies resurrection is because this is a reed, a, a, a reed that was actually, it actually grows in swamps in dead water and what it does is it shoots out of the dead water okay so i'm going to i'm going to help you guys out here this is uh, the way i remember this is calamus resurrect okay huh. it's the only it's the only one that has an l in it okay and so you know, it just it's just he's got a calamus resurrect okay and so then the last one the last one actually signifies the spirit okay and this one actually has two s's in it which is really interesting Okay. Do you know what, do you know what Keisha was used for? Dasha, do you know? So wood,
6: right? And it was used to build the ark, I think. Well,
0: okay, okay. Actually, this is crazy. This is crazy. But all four of these came from a tree. Okay. Uh-huh. So who is the tree of life? God. God is. Okay. So all four of these came from a tree. But Keisha is interesting because they would take this ointment that Keisha creates and they would rub it all over their legs whenever they were going through bushes. Hmm. And it actually repelled snakes. Oh, nice. So Keisha, Keisha is what I call a Satan Slayer. Okay. That's the double S. Okay. So Keisha is the Satan Slayer. Okay. And so all four of these things are added to something. This actually, so there's four of them, right? Yeah. Okay, Dasha, can you look up uh, Ezekiel 1-5? Yes. And read it for us.
3: Ezekiel
6: 1-5, and from the midst of it there came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man.
0: Okay so what is what does four represent in the bible man man four represents man specifically a creature
3: Mm. okay
0: so this is really interesting okay because do you guys remember that creature deals with creature Mm
3: -hmm.
0: okay so what was added to the
6: spirit dasha uh man wait what uh-huh. go ahead go ahead say i it. want to say man but okay well, well i mean
0: uh, uh, interestingly enough okay so yeah. we're going to get into this for a second but look at this there is one hin of olive oil
6: right
0: and that represents the spirit right and then all these things are added to that hint of olive oil. This is the one God. Okay? In Deuteronomy 6, 4. Mm
3: -hmm. He is
0: the one God. And actually, this this man, this God-man that lived on the earth, Jesus Christ, was actually added to the Spirit. Everything Mm -hmm. that he did Everything that he accomplished on the cross and in his human living was added to the spirit. Why would this be significant for you?
6: Because that spirit is now in my spirit, uh-huh. and so thus I can, thus we can experience the aspects of the myrrh, cinnamon, calamus, cassia.
0: Oh yeah. Okay.
6: Everything that he accomplished.
0: Yeah. Everything that he accomplished in his life and on the cross and in his resurrection can now be uh, can now be experienced Amen. and used inside of you.
6: Amen. Okay.
0: So before I I gotta tell you guys that I had a serious problem. I I never disagreed with this. Um, I'm gonna erase this part. I never disagreed with this, but I could never figure out why God had to be. How, why the spirit had to be compounded. It really bothered me. It bothered, you know, you guys, you, you guys are probably just like, yeah, that's, that's cool. It really bothered me. Okay. Because I'm like, uh, you know, I kind of like to know things and I, I'm just like, I'm like, okay, that bothers me. You're telling me that God as the hen of olive oil wasn't good enough. Like what, like what, like why couldn't God just shoot the hen of olive oil into me and begin to spread And everything's fine. What's wrong with that? Dasha, what do you
6: think? What, just the oil and none of the spices? Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't the spirit good enough by itself? But, but without the spices, there's no, there's no death and thus no resurrection.
3: Oh. (laughs)
6: Okay. That's pretty important. I would it's say I want important.
0: that. Actually, actually what's really important and one of the takeaways we want you guys to know today is that you need to die.
6: Amen.
0: Okay. You need to die. And there's no way for Christ to live in you without you dying. Mm. Okay. And so this is this is interesting, but actually, you know, we like we like to do three circles. I'm just going to do three triangles because I feel like that kind of day, okay? we're now doing the three triangle diagram. Okay. This is the interesting part. And I really, if you guys can see this, you might get really excited. Okay. So if he shoots his hint of olive oil into my spirit. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just want you guys to, okay. I can be regenerated, right?
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Is my soul a creature? Yes. Okay. Does Satan occupy my soul? Oh, yes. Okay. Dasha, if he does not compound the spirit.
6: Oh, it, oh no. Yeah. It would
0: actually violate creature deals with creature.
6: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Are,
0: are you catching this? I want yeah. you guys to
6: see this.
0: Okay. The spirit has to be compounded for the Lord to get dominion over the enemy in you in you. So he actually adds creature to the spirit, which then allows him to spread into your soul and have dominion over Satan. Wow. If this doesn't get you crunk, I don't know what it does because the Lord, the Lord actually, the Lord actually never cuts any corners and Mm -hmm. he always follows the rules and the processes that he put in place. He never goes, Oh, by the way, I'm the almighty and I'm all powerful. I can do anything I want because I'm God. Actually, what he does is he goes through a process, no matter how difficult it is to accomplish the goal. Creature will deal with creature.
6: Amen. Yeah. Okay.
0: So this is, this is the, this is the deal. Now really quickly, cause we got to hand it off here. Um, we're, we're all like, we're all hitting like very different points today. So this is where you get the blood right? The blood of the lamb, a lamb is a creature. This Mm -hmm. is the blood of the lamb that defeats and overcomes Satan. Okay. So Mm -hmm. the thing is, I asked you, I asked you though, um, how can it be applied to me now? That doesn't really make sense, does it? Well, there's only one verse in the whole Bible that says the spirit is eternal. Mm. It's in Hebrews 9, 14. Can you read that?
6: How much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God.
0: Okay. Who? Okay, so this is the deal. This is the deal. The blood of Christ was added and actually everything that we just went over was added to the eternal spirit. Because while he was dying on the cross, he was offering himself up through the eternal spirit. Mm. So during the time of him being on the cross, all of these things his human living, everything that he accomplished on the cross, all the things that he dealt with, the ordinances, the, the old man creating the new man. I mean, the whole thing was added to the spirit the new creation, okay? All of it was. And the fact that it's eternal means that you can experience it. Otherwise, it would just be that moment in time. So the eternal spirit can go in either direction, okay, and apply to anybody. That's Old Testament also. We could get into that and really twist your brain into a million pieces, okay? (laughs) Now, now i got two very quick verses and then i'm going to hand it off to guillaume and he's going to take us into another orbit okay my, my job was to get us above the clouds and so um, here we go so in two so this is when the lord he resurrects and now the spirit is yet now the spirit is yet he can now give it to you so dasha what's this
6: one and when he had said that he breathed into them and said to them receive the holy spirit Amen. okay
0: so he says receive the holy spirit and then this is this is just insane i don't know if you've i don't know if you've ever seen this before but dasha can you uh, you know i had a problem i was like where where in the world is the compound spirit in the new testament You guys keep talking about this compound spirit. Where is it? Okay, I (laughs) want evidence, Dasha. Can you read read Philippians 119?
6: For I know that for me, this will turn out to salvation through your petition and the bountiful supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ.
0: The spirit of who?
6: Jesus Christ.
0: Oh my goodness, that sounds like a compounded spirit because literally Jesus is his humanity, Christ is his divinity. Okay, so what you have is the God man Jesus was added and compounded into the spirit, and now there's a bountiful supply of it to you to deal with God's enemy. So, I'm that's where I'm going to end, and we're going to hand it off to Guillaume, and he This is like, this is like a rocket going into different, you know, we're, we're hitting the second rocket boost now. So Guillaume, can you, can you take it away and tell us what the word of our testimony is?
7: Yes. I like this analogy. Hallelujah. Um, okay. I have, um, I don't know how to start this. Um, it's, it's really awesome. Um, how about we maybe go back to Revelation 12 um, and read again verse 11. Maybe uh, Ivan, um, is that the way to pronounce your first name? Ivan. Ivan. Ivan sorry, yes. Ivan. Could yes. you could you read uh,
4: verse 11 for us? Sure. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they loved not their soul life, even at to death.
7: Yes. Amen. So as uh, Trevor said earlier, uh, we mostly want to focus on the personal aspect of this matter, how we personally daily can overcome the enemy. Um, So that's the angle that we have. Of course, there are many other angles that we are not covering, Uh, but let's just meet. Let me say a few things about the blood. Uh, Because there's a very strong connection between the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we really need to see how powerful the blood is. Um, The blood, through the blood, Christ was able to enter into the Holy of Holies. And he obtained an eternal redemption for us. That's in Hebrews 9. We don't have to go through uh, all the verses, but... It is by the blood that we have the boldness now to enter into the Holy of Holies. By the blood of Christ, and we cannot cover this today, uh, but he cleansed the heavens and all things in the heavens, also in Hebrews 9. So this is maybe when we'll talk about heaven. Uh, It's quite striking. I never realized that he had to cleanse the heavens. The blood sanctifies us on our personal uh, level. It purifies our conscience so that we can serve the living God. And it enacted a better covenant, the eternal covenant. And actually, because of that, this is in Hebrews 10, because of that, we can, God, he has to give himself to us. All of the bequests in the New Testament, all of the blessings, he has to give them to the believers in Christ because the blood enacted this new covenant. So the blood is very, very um, important. And the blood, um, I want to say three things about it uh, in addition to what I just mentioned. Um, When the Lord died, when the blood was poured out, the life of the flesh was poured out. So we have this verse in Leviticus 17, 11, that says that life is in the blood. So the life of the flesh, the life of the old man was poured out, okay? There's a verse, we'll come to that soon. In Revelation 12, this amazing chapter, I think this is verse five, it talks about Satan uh, being an old serpent, red. Uh, anyways, Satan eats the dust. You know, as we saw in the last uh, two dive sessions, he's a creature, he is uh, on the surface of the earth, and what he does is that he eats dust. And so when this life of the flesh is poured out, he has nothing to feed on. This is why we'll hit the last point. We need to lose our soul. life. Uh, the, the blood also protects us from the attack of the enemy. It's a protection exactly like the blood of the Passover in the old testament the children of israel were safe in their home because of the blood of the lamb and it's the same with us the blood protects us and then finally the blood um, protects us also or i should say answer uh, satan's accusations and this is the point that we want to dwell on so we're protected and we are covered by the blood and also the blood is answering satan So this word answering is quite interesting. And so maybe, um, maybe Trevor, you can help us and we can go through, uh, we can go to Genesis four, verse 10, just quickly, because I want to say something that is not so obvious, but the blood speaks, the blood speaks. Mm And so, in verse 10, maybe, Ivan, you can help us out and read this verse
4: for us, please. And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground.
7: Yes. So, you see here, there's the voice of your brother's blood. So, the blood is speaking. Here, the blood is speaking from the earth. And the blood is speaking about accusation. And vengeance. But there's a verse in Hebrews, and maybe we can go to that right now. It's Hebrews twelve twenty four, that says that the blood of Christ speaks better things. Uh, could you read that verse? It verse uh,
4: 24. Thank you, Trevor. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, which speaks mm-hmm. something better than that of Abel. Yes,
7: hallelujah, so the blood speaks, and in this case, it speaks from heaven, not from the earth. It speaks from heaven. And it speaks about it speaks to God about redemption, about forgiveness of sins, it speaks of justification, it speaks it speaks of reconciliation. The the blood speaks. And so we need to realize how powerful the blood is. We also want to indicate that this is all based on God's righteousness. So there's this verse that we mentioned, I think, for those who were present with us on Thursday, that God is faithful and righteous to forgive us all of our sins. And this is based on his righteousness, right? He's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins. And maybe if we can quickly jump to that, we can go to Psalm 89, verse 14, that tells us that righteousness is related to his throne, to his authority. And maybe you can also um, read that verse when we get there. That's verse 14 in Psalm
4: 89. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mm
7: -hmm. Loving
4: kindness and truth go before your face.
7: Right. So, righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. So, because of Christ, because he offered himself for us to redeem us so that we could be forgiven of our sins, we could be cleansed, we could be forgiven, justified, reconciled, God has to give us, to apply to us what Christ did, which is salvation. He has to do that, whether he feels like it or not. And so sometimes we need to be bold uh, to declare these facts. Despite our situations, despite what we feel, God is righteous and he's bound because of his righteousness to forgive us. This is really wonderful. And this is powerful. So we need to really have this ingrained in us, the blood. It protects us the blood answers satan's accusation and because of the blood that was poured out god the righteous god he has to forgive us no matter what happens as soon as we confess to the lord as soon as we repent we turn to him he has to forgive us okay one thing we can um okay, let's take the time to go through um, that very quickly. It's in Genesis 18. It's just a principle. So we see a lot of different figures in the Old Testament that are um, conversing or praying to God, according to God's ways. And we discussed about this in the dive sessions before. So in Genesis 18, it's a very interesting um, story here um so god comes to visit abraham anyway so god has a desire he he wants to do something okay he wants to basically wipe out sodom and gomorrah but he wants uh someone on the earth to intercede uh to pray in one accord with him so he goes to abraham and so i think later um i think this is from verse 23 i have my bible open here from verse 23 to 33 There is this uh, intercession. This is Abraham talking to God according to God's righteousness. So God kind of unveils what he wants to do. And I think the thought here, of course, and most of us probably know, he wants Lot to be saved because Lot, you know, one of his descendants will be Ruth and eventually there will be the Lord Jesus Christ. So he wants to preserve Lot, but he needs to have someone who cooperates with him. So he opens up his heart to Abraham. And so Abraham prays according to his righteousness. So God wants to wipe out the city, but Abraham tells him, you know, you're righteous. And so how about we read together uh, verse
3: 25.
4: Could you read that, Ivan, for us again, please? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put to death the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Mm -hmm. Far be it from you, shall the judge of all the earth not do justly.
7: Right. Yes. So he's he's talking to God, the judge of all the earth. And he's saying, if if there are righteous people in, in that city, you cannot wipe the whole city out. You can't do that. And so he's asking, You know, we won't go through the whole thing, but he's asking for 50. If you can find 50 righteous men in the city, will you spare the city? And God says, surely if we can find 50, I'll spare the whole city. And then you know, he's very cautious, Abraham. He has this, this very proper position. He's like, I'm just dust and ashes, but I will just ask you, God, if you can find 45, will you still spare the city? And he says, I surely will. And then he goes to 30 and then to 20 and then to 10. And so the principle is that God is bound by his righteousness. And so this is just one small account. You can see this in Moses, you can see this in Daniel. Uh, There's a principle here. So the blood is powerful. The blood protects us and covers us and it speaks. And this is all based on God's righteousness. Okay, now this is connected to the word of our testimony. This is what Satan wants to do. Uh, All the works of Satan in the church are to overthrow the testimony. The church is a lampstand, it shines in the darkness. And Satan wants to overthrow the church so that he can overthrow the testimony. And so, as we saw earlier, when Satan was tempting the Lord The Lord spoke the word of God, that was his testimony, three sentences when he was tempted in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. So this is the pattern that we need to have in view when we come to the verses that we are about to come to. Okay, let's jump to Revelation 12 again, and I want to read um, verse 1, verse 5, and verse 7.
4: Could you help us, Ivan, again, please? Yeah. And a great sign was seen in heaven, mm-hmm. a woman clothed with the sun and the moon underneath her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Then verse 5. And she brought forth a son, a man-child, who is to shepherd all the nations with an iron rod. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Mm-hmm. Seven. Seven and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels went to war with the dragon and the dragon warned, and his angels, wow.
7: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, were you here with us last week? I was. Okay, you remember Michael? Michael's appearance in Daniel 10, what he did? Yes. Okay, okay, so So, so we'll, we'll come back to that. So okay, in verse one, we see a woman okay and there's the sun there's the moon and you have 12 stars with the crown okay so that very simply we don't have the time this is the whole people of god okay we are the women god is the husband we saw this in the first dive session and so this is the whole people of god the sun are the new testament believers the moon the old testament believers the 12 stars the patriarchs okay This is the entire people of God. In verse five, out of the whole people of God, there's a man child that is produced. Sorry, it's hard for me to pronounce, man child. But this man child comes out of the woman, okay? So the woman is the the weaker part. The man child is the stronger part. Okay, and then there's verse seven. So I'm trying to contain myself because this part is, is really crazy. And there was war in heaven. So before we go to the personal side of things, I, I, we, we just want you to see, uh, the overall picture. At some point in time, the overcomers, the main child, the dead overcomers actually will be raptured, will go up to God's throne. And as they go to God's throne, they will see Satan there, like Trevor mentioned earlier. This is where he is. And so the main child, as the overcomers, they defeated Satan on the earth every day by the word of their testimony, by their speaking the word of God. This is how they did it. They were speaking the word of God exactly like the Lord in Matthew 4. He spoke God's word. We have all of these promises in the New Testament. We have all these wonderful truths in the Old Testament. We can speak these things to the enemy, to Satan, and we'll come to that in very practical application. But this is what's happening. The man child who defeated Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony now is going to the throne of God. And as they are going through the heavens they see satan there okay and so okay this is this is incredible and so there is there is there michael and his angels okay and michael is waiting he's waiting for the main child to utter a command Mm. to pretty much say satan we saw you on the earth and we defeated you and now we can see that you're hiding in the heavens. This is not where you belong. Get out of heaven, get out. And so we will, the man child, the overcomers by the Lord's mercy, we speak in faith. We will tell the enemy, get down, you don't belong here. So the man child is the executor. We are just commanding Michael and his angels to carry out this this sentence and so basically there's war in heaven because of the word of our testimony and so actually long story short we go to the throne of god and then we descend to the earth and we meet satan there again because we were were just throwing him out of heaven and so on the earth we give him another talk another word of our testimony we tell him satan Now you will go to the abyss. Right. You were on the earth. We defeated you. We saw you in the heavens. You don't belong to the heavens. Mm -hmm. Get out. Now we can see you on the earth again. Have you not understood what we said? Now you you go to the abyss. And then a thousand years later, he comes out. And the word of our testimony again, Satan, now final destination. You're going to the lake of fire this right. is where you mm-hmm. belong and Amen. so it's all about our speaking what we say mm-hmm. to satan what we say to god's enemy so michael is almost probably saying okay can the man shall come already i'm hey, waiting buddy. for the command i'm waiting for the command to execute this thing that everyone is waiting for and so we need to learn today to do this Okay, mm-hmm. this is this is this is in the near future, what I just described. So today we cannot be indifferent. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking about this. Um, and, and 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 we brought up this matter at the beginning, right? Uh, in the in the little overview that we had of last week. We can we need to wake up. We need to wake up. Mm-hmm. We, we cannot be indifferent. And right. so we need to give messages to Satan this is the word of our testimony. yes and so we need to learn to do this like individually we need to learn to do this Mm -hmm. for example i'm sure this happened to well all of you uh you lose your temper okay you lose your temper and then you say oh lord you know i i confess i lost my temper again so you come to the lord he is righteous he's faithful, he's cleansing us of our sin. And we kind of like say, Lord, can you help me? You know, help me not to do this again. And you kind of make up your mind, you know, I will not do this again. Okay, this does not work. I don't know if you have figured it out. This doesn't work. What works though, is you, you talk to Satan. You don't try to deal with the consequence of what is in your flesh. You go to the source, the root, Mm -hmm. Satan, and you tell him, Satan, you've been destroyed. Last last I heard, you were destroyed on the cross. The one who had the might of death was destroyed. All of your works have been annulled. So don't bother me. Don't, Don't talk to me. And then, you know, most of the time, he wants to run away pretty quickly because he's realizing you're standing on God's righteousness. You have the protection of the blood. It cannot touch you. It can't do anything to you at this point. And so you can maybe want to tell him, stay a little longer, stay a little longer. I'm not not finished with you. (laughs) You will not only go away when I tell you to go away, but you are not in the lake of fire and all of the angels with you. And so we need to realize right now Okay, as we are spending time together, 176 of us. Um, there's an audience. There's a lot more beings uh, with us mm-hmm. right now. Uh, I just, I just want to go through a few verses. We don't have to go and look at them, but basically, under the earth, there, there are saints, the martyred saints, praying asking God for vengeance. Okay, this is in (laughs) Revelation 6, 10. Oh yeah, Trevor is very fast, he knows all the verses. And so, under the earth, there there are a group of people waiting, okay. On the earth, um, what is it, Romans 8, of course, 19, talks about the creation eagerly waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. So there are all kinds of things on the earth waiting Demons are there. Angels are there. You know, uh, I don't know if you know this, but when you give hospitality, you may be entertaining angels. This is what we know from Hebrews 13. So <laughs> angels are on the earth. Demons are on the earth. Now we saw this also last week. It was really, really awesome the way it was presented in First 1 Peter 1.12. You have Angels also there and they have, you know, their necks are like stretched forward to see what's going on on the earth. Of course, it's related to salvation, but we did mention that they were there. So in the heavens, people are there. So under the earth, on the earth, in the heavens. And then we talked about the universal gathering, the universal gathering, Hebrews 12 2. So in the whole universe everyone is watching what's going on on the earth with man and yeah. then we have the great cloud of witnesses in hebrews 12:1 surrounding us so i don't know if you can see this picture below the earth on the earth above the earth in the whole universe and surrounding us there are beings watching and so we need to learn to do this to fight against the enemy. And we do this again by the word of our testimony, what we declare to Satan to his face, because we have the assurance of the power of the blood and we have the assurance of God's righteousness. And so, okay, I think my time is uh, almost up. So I'll just share a uh, a few things. Maybe we can read this verse. It's in Isaiah 55. Uh, i think it's verse 11 and actually the verse that follows is pretty cool because he talks about uh, trees clapping their hands and mountains and hills shouting for joy this is when the overcomers mm-hmm. will be on the scene and so the whole world the whole creation is is eagerly waiting for us to learn to do this mm-hmm. uh okay ivan can you please read this verse again
4: please of course so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth mm-hmm. it- Return to me vainly, but mm-hmm. it will accomplish what I delight in, yes, and it will prosper in the matter to which I have sent it,
7: amen. Oh,
4: yes, hallelujah. Okay, so my word.
7: Okay, so we need to use God's word, we need to use what's in the Bible, the promises. Actually, there's a verse that I really like Proverbs 23 23, very easy to remember. Buy truth and do not sell it. Okay, we need to know the word uh, so that you can be equipped. You can be equipped with the word of God and you can speak to Satan when things come and things do come. We know that. Mm -hmm. We can use the word and the word will not return to God void, empty. It will have an impact. It will have an effect Mm -hmm. as we saw in this verse. So, for example, you have a um, failure. So the enemy comes and says, you're so weak. Look at you, you're so miserable, you're so weak. Well, you can say, well, yes, I'm weak, but you know, the Lord, um, well, no, Paul, I should say, Paul. This is Paul in Second Corinthians says, you know, the, the, the power of the Lord is perfected in weakness. So, you know, I'm okay to be weak because I'm powerful in the Lord. And so when you when you converse with the enemy with these verses, he has he, he he has to flee. He has to flee from you. And actually, you know, this is in first and second Thessalonians, the way Satan gets defeated is by the, the sword that comes out of the Lord's mouth with the word of God. So the word is the way we do this, by what we declare, what we testify, right. what we announce. Another great verse, I really like this verse. Um it's Micah 7-8. Micah, oh, we're already there. And Trevor is so good at this. Um okay. Uh can we um Ivan, please again read this verse for us.
4: Do not rejoice against me, oh my mm-hmm. enemy. When yeah. I fall, I will rise up. When I mm-hmm. sit in darkness, Jehovah will be a light to me. Amen. <laughs> Right.
7: Right. Do not rejoice against me. Okay. So we do, we do fail. You know, we do make mistakes. We, we do, we do. And we confess them to the Lord. We repent, we turn back to him and we are forgiven. And so when Satan comes and tries to make fun of us or put us down, we can say, when I fall, I will rise up. And actually we can go even further and say, you know what, Satan, This failure of mine, this sin that I just confessed, it's on you. It's now attached on your back.
5: And so when you will
7: be going to the lake of fire, my sin that you're making fun of right now, you will be carrying this thing with you in the lake of fire. So who's laughing now? And so you have this boldness. We need to learn under the blood, in the body, to know how to speak this way. You should not be afraid of all of these things. Mm We are overcoming him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. There are so many other verses, so many other great things we could get into, but I don't want to be too long. And I feel that now we are on this like lunch pad. And so we're ready to take off. (laughs) So I will end this off to our brother Nathaniel and we'll go from there.
2: Amen. And actually, before we uh, get into anything, uh, we need to sing. There's
0: there's a special announcement. It's time we're we're singing. We're
2: singing. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So um, the song we're going to sing, if you go to the website hymnal.net and you type in the search bar 84. Okay, type in
3: 84.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Trevor, real quick, can you just share that Wikipedia page real fast? Okay, so the song you might be familiar with, it's Hark the Herald, Angels Sing, okay? Uh, but just wanna point out uh, something to you. This is uh, uh, just, this is a, a side note, but uh, you, you'll notice that there's three versions, okay? And so there's the one that Charles Wesley, who is the author of this hymn, he actually wrote wrote the hymn. Mm-hmm. That's the original version. And then he, together with John Wesley, his brother, and George Whitfield, they were contemporaries, and they were preaching the gospel in England. And there, the, actually, historians call this period uh, the Great Awakening, I believe. And so because many 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 people uh got saved during this period of time so george whitfield adapted the song which is what we are used to singing today um unfortunately uh in 1961 uh there was another version released and this version actually uh leaves behind one of the most important verses so anyway we it's just better (laughs) if you can sing what uh they they sang back then, uh, <clears throat> you know. As the Lord said in, in Matthew, uh, from the beginning it has not been so. So we'd like to go back to the beginning, and uh, okay, so we're gonna sing. Well, actually, sing the George Whitfield version. I can. There's more to say about uh, the Charles Wesley original. Um, it's amazing you should really look at it if you just go to wikipedia type in hark the herald angels sing just look at his lyrics they're incredible uh, mm-hmm. but since we're all familiar with george whitfield we'll we'll just uh, go with that so i think we have some music i'm oh, sorry yeah 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 sure yeah
0: can, ivan can you read can, okay you guys you got to see this so in 1961 they changed it 300 years later okay 200 years later, you know, so look at, look at, this is the common one on the right side that people usually use. Okay. So when you hear this, uh, during, uh, you know, December festivals, um, this is the version that they use. Now, Ivan, can you read, can you read the last stanza of the original one or in the middle, the middle?
4: Okay. Okay. Adam's likeness now you face, stand the image in its place, second Adam from above, work it in us by thy love. Amen. Bro,
0: and then and then the stanza before that, uh read that one too, bro.
4: Come, desire of nations, come, fix in us thy heavenly home, rise the woman's conquering seed, bruise in us the serpent's head. Amen. Okay, do you guys remember when we
0: were going over Genesis 315, and we were, we were talking about the seed bruising the serpent, right? Yeah. So this, is the, the original Hark the Herald Angels Sing, this is, this is what it was. They actually sang this, and then they took it out later because they didn't even know what it was talking about. Okay, so this is the deal we're gonna yeah we are gonna sing this check this out okay so should we mute everybody is that we're gonna mute yeah everybody. we gotta
2: mute everybody and uh this the 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 what we're gonna play we'll have an intro and then the song will start so just start singing along okay this is a sing-along with the piano okay so again eighty four. About y'all, but I had a really uh, wonderful time singing that. Okay, so uh, come, desire of nations, come, fix in us thy humble home, and then rise, the woman's conquering seed. Notice this; it says, "Bruise in us the serpent's head," and that phrase, "Bruise in us the the serpent's head." Uh, really I think describes what we've been talking about and what we're going to be talking about. Uh, Adam's likeness now efface, that means remove. And instead of Adam's likeness, stamp thine image in its place. And then it's interesting, it says final Adam from above, reinstate us in thy love. And final Adam, that is a reference to 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-five which says that the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. And uh, anyway, it might seem kind of obvious, but uh, we were talking about this earlier, you know, that humanity was is now in the spirit. And this verse is so clear. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So, uh... Okay, now we're going to uh, go on. Can we go back to Revelation? We need to cover the last part of that verse. Uh, In Revelation chapter 12, uh, verses 10 and 11. And I'm going to direct a question to Wayne. Um, Thank you for hanging with us. Uh, So, uh, particularly in verse 11, um, Wayne, can you read verse 11 again?
5: And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they loved not their soul life, even unto death.
2: Right. So, very good. So, we're going to actually be focusing on this last part. And they loved not their soul life, even unto death. Now, uh, I'm going to ask you a question, Wayne. Um, Why did Jesus need to be baptized? Ooh. Why do you think it, it's okay whatever whatever you might yeah
5: I don't know maybe because you're still a man so
3: Mhm
2: Okay Yeah okay So now so, odds to get- say that say that last bit again
5: I say so. Man ought to get baptized.
2: Now, I agree. All men should get baptized. Absolutely. Uh, um, that's absolutely that's absolutely uh, true. Um, the Lord Jesus was a perfect man. He had no sin. Right. So uh, many times we associate baptism uh, with kind of the washing away of sins. And, you know, of course, when it, in, in terms of us, it's a transfer from the kingdom of, of, of God, or from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. Um, but the Lord Jesus, uh, he didn't really fall into any of those categories, right? He wasn't, he was, uh, he was sinless. Yeah. Um, when he came, the kingdom of God came. Um, So, he really didn't, in that respect, he really didn't need to be baptized. And in fact, in John, or with, you see, even before uh, with uh, John the Baptist, John the Baptist was already baptizing. So sometimes people might say, well, he needed to be baptized because it was to be a pattern for us, Mm -hmm. right? But but actually, John the Baptist was already baptizing. People were already getting baptized. Mm-hmm. So this is why, I mean, anyway, you're, you're, this, this uh, question is, it kind of, it can, stump, it can really stump you. And um, the, the main point, I think, to take away from Jesus needing to be baptized, yes, he was sinless. But when he got baptized, you know, baptism is we are going into the water indicating death, right, in the likeness of his death, and then we're brought up in newness of life. That indicates resurrection. So the Lord Jesus, by getting baptized, was actually declaring to the entire universe that he, that any man, all men regardless of whether they are sinless or not, are good for nothing but death and burial. Okay, and what that shows us is that being sinless doesn't accomplish God's goal. Amen. Okay, now you think about that for a second. How often do we just want to be sinless? Like, if I cannot sin today, Wayne, is that a pretty good day? Yeah. yeah you feel pretty good, like man, today wasn't bad,
3: yeah,
2: right, yeah, but we realize actually, because Jesus got baptized, that be just by itself being sinless does not uh fulfill God's goal. We see the same thing with Adam, Adam was in the tree of li- in the tree in the Garden of Eden, but he still had to take in the tree of life, right. So, before Adam took in the tree, before before the fall of man, Adam, God still wanted Adam to take in the tree of life. This shows us that only the life of God can fulfill God's purpose. No life apart from God's life, apart from the resurrection life of Christ, can fulfill his purpose. Okay. We have to realize that as we're coming to this point. Okay, so if we can go back to Revelation, uh, chapter 12, uh, verses 10 and 11. And as we're going there, um, I want to, uh, I'm just gonna give, okay, this, this is, it's a kind of famous quote, and it's generally attributed to Martin Luther. And uh, he, uh, he's, he is supposed to have said, I am more afraid of my own heart than of the Pope and all his cardinals, okay? Of course, at that time, the Pope and all his cardinals were trying to to kill him. He said, I have within me the great Pope, self. So in Martin Luther's realization, uh, he realized outwardly, yeah, there's a lot of opposition, but actually the greatest opposition is that is within me the greatest opposition is actually myself so this verse revelation 12:11 is actually this here is is key they loved not their soul life even unto death this requires a price and now we're going to look at what that is so if we can go to Matthew <clears throat> chapter 16 uh, verses 13 through 19 okay so in this in this uh setting right in verse 13 uh jesus and the disciples they came away to Caesarea philippi a kind of deserted place away from jerusalem and he asked his disciples who do men say that i am right and some said john the baptist others elijah jeremiah one of the prophets and um wayne can you read verse
5: 16 and Simon Peter answered and said you are the Christ the son of the living god
2: amen so Simon Peter got it he 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 got the revelation did i no, no you you did it you read it that's it verse 16 you that's exactly right so Simon Peter he got the revelation that Christ is the son of the living god right and um in verse 17, the Lord says that it was the Father who revealed this to Peter. So Peter, right here, Peter right here receives a revelation from the Father that Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Okay, can you read verses, uh, verses 18 and 19, please, Wayne?
5: And I also say, uh, and I also say to you that you are Peter, right. and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not, shall not prevail against it. I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of the heavens, and whatever you bind on the earth shall have been bound in the heavens, and whatever you loose on the earth shall have been loosed in the heavens.
2: Right. Okay, well, I just want to uh, take note, let's take note in verse 18, right? So, uh, in verse 18, um, the Lord says, I will build my church. And right after that, he says, the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So, Wayne, does it say, how, how how many gates are there?
5: I don't know, plural. Yeah,
2: it doesn't say, but it's plural, right? It's more than one gate. Okay, and, and yeah. that's, impor- that's important. Because it's not, the gates implies that actually the attack of death to the church from, from Satan actually comes from many different angles. There are actually many gates. And all these gates, they're directed Against the building up of the church, that's that's why there's a warfare when we talk about the building up of the church. Okay, all right. And then he says, "I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of the heavens. Right, and whatever you bind on the earth shall have been bound in the heavens; whatever you loose on the earth shall have been loosed in the heavens." And these, this word "keys," um, in in uh, there is. Uh, one understanding of these, of these, this word keys. And that refers to the fact that on the day of Pentecost, the spirit was poured out, right, on the Jews. And then in, in the house of Cornelius, the spirit was poured out on the Gentiles. So that's one understanding, and it's not incorrect. But what we want to do today is we want to apply this understanding of the keys subjectively, okay, to our own experience. And so just remember, okay, everyone, remember that Peter had just received a revelation from the Father that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, let's go to verse 21. Wayne, can you read verse uh, 21 and 22? Actually, 21. uh, Sorry. Um, Can you read 21 through 23? Sorry, thanks.
5: Okay. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Hmm. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God, be merciful to you, Lord. This shall by no means happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of men.
2: Right. Okay. So just a few verses earlier, (laughs) he had received a revelation from the father, right? And in verse 23,
5: what does the Lord
2: say? Okay, so Peter went from receiving a revelation from the Father to being Satan, okay, in just a few verses. All right, Um, but let's look at what Peter said. All right, in verse 22, Peter says what? He took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God be merciful to you, Lord. Is that, is that Is that that a negative thing to say? God, be merciful to you, Lord. Sounds pretty nice. No. Yeah, it's not bad, right? I mean, wouldn't you like someone to say that to you? Yeah. Be merciful. May the Lord be merciful to you. Yeah. Okay. And then he says, this shall by no means happen to you. Right? Okay. So what Peter said... I think if we just saw that statement, we would probably all agree, right? That That's a pretty good statement. That's like, a good person. Yeah. That's a pretty good person, right? <laughs> He's so concerned for the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What did the Lord reveal in verse 21?
5: That he must be killed, and on the third day be raised.
2: Right. So, in verse 21, He unveils His death and resurrection. You see? So, I mean, if we don't have the Lord's death and resurrection, we don't have the compound spirit, we don't have the church, we don't have anything. We are all done. And Satan has won. Right? Mm -hmm. Or at least he's uh, won that battle. He actually can never win; he can only delay. Uh, but uh, we're not going to give him that opportunity, right? So, um, in in uh, okay, in in uh, verse twenty-two, Peter says something very good, and it's coming out of the goodness of his heart. Oh, so good! But he's actually opposing god yeah and this brings out a very important principle yeah okay the principle is this and that is from ourself satan can come forth as we saw because the lord said get behind me satan but he, satan doesn't just come forth negatively he also comes forth with very good ideas Very, you know, concerned for us, Mm -hmm. for people. Oh, oh, this isn't, you really should do this. This is much better. Anyway, we'll get into some more application in a bit. But my point is, when we think about the gates of Hades going up against the church, it's not just the attack of death in a negative way. It comes in, actually can come in through any of us. Peter is our representative. So that the, the, the gates of Hades many times come through well-meaning, well-intentioned, uh, thoughtful opinions that we have. And I'm speaking as someone who is the worst offender. Okay, I'm by no means uh, an exception to this. So now what we're going to do is we're going to look, okay, at the Lord's, after the Lord told Peter, you are Satan. Okay, what did he say? Uh, He said, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of men. And so to set your mind on the things of men, he had his mind set on the earth, okay? To set his mind on the things of men, his mind was not set on God. This actually reminds me of another verse in Romans chapter 8, verse 6, which, oh, we're going to go there. Awesome. Okay, Romans 8.6. And um, let's see, Wayne, can you read that, Romans 8.6? For the
5: mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace.
2: Amen. So, you know, this is a practical application for us, okay? Uh, if we, the mind is where these things issue out of, okay? So if we don't want to be uh, a channel for Satan to express all kinds of things, we have to take care of our mind. And that means our mind, it needs to be set on the spirit. Okay? When our mind is set on the spirit, the the result is that we have the sense of life and peace. When the when the mind is set on the flesh, it's just death. And it's, it's hard to know sometimes whether or not your mind is set on the flesh or on the spirit. But you know, because Paul gives us this word in at the end of six, it's life and peace. Peace is a critical word here. So actually, if we have a sense of peace, Peace indicates to us, okay, uh, our mind most likely is set on the spirit. So this is just a practical application. Actually, and, and it's not a, um, a, 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 a kind of psychological sense of peace. It's just inwardly in your spirit, you just have the sense, I'm at peace. I'm at rest. Even everything around you is just going crazy. Your environment is a mess, but inwardly, you're at peace. That's the kind of peace we're talking about. It's the peace of God. Okay, now if we can go back to uh, Matthew 16. Okay, from the mind that is set on the things of men, what comes forth are opinions, which is what we saw in verse 12. Or sorry, in verse 22. In verse 22, Peter gave his opinion. Don't go to the cross. It's not good for you to die. We don't want you to die. That was Peter's well-intentioned opinion issuing from his mind. Okay, then the Lord gives us three keys. Okay, in uh, verse 24 and 25. So um, uh, Wayne, can you read verses 24 and 25 for us? Okay.
5: Then Jesus said to his disciples, if you want to come after me, let him deny, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his soul life shall lose it, but whoever loses his soul life life, for my sake shall find it.
2: Right, okay, so here are the three keys. If anyone wants to come after me, okay, that means the Lord is our pattern, okay? This is not something that we do in and of ourselves. The Lord has already taken this way. So what we do is we just enjoy the spirit in our spirit. And as we do that, we can follow him in his way. And what is his way? His way is first, let him deny himself. Okay, so first we need to deny ourself. Ourself is anything that is independent of God. As soon as we are independent of God, no matter how good our thoughts may be, We are in the self. Okay, Um, how do you know whether or not an opinion is from the self or from the Lord? Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul gave his opinion and it was included in the Scripture. Well, that's because Paul was one spirit with the Lord. Paul, he was living in the organic union. And so what came forth from him actually had its source not just in Paul, but in the Lord. So this is a principle, and that is, what is the source? We always have to consider this. Anytime we're with others, anytime we're receiving fellowship or giving fellowship, we have to consider what is the source of this. It's not, how good is this? How good is this idea? How bad is that idea? The question always, and this is the question that God asks, is what is the source? He asks not, what are you building, but how are you building it? Are you building with gold, silver, and precious stones, right? Okay, this is why fellowship is so important, because I may not be clear about whether or not my opinion is from the Lord. But if I sit down with Trevor and I sit down with Guillaume and I say, I really think we should, we should present this aspect in the dive session. And both Trevor and Guillaume, their feeling is, no, 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 don't do that. Don't even go there. Okay, all right. I might have thought my opinion was from the Lord, but now my opinion has passed through the filter of the body. Okay, and Amen. I realize, okay, this is not the Lord. Amen. All right. So we should. We have to learn, actually, the more we go on with the Lord, the less sure sure we will be about our opinions. <laughs> we'll just start to realize eventually, eventually, we just, we'll just trust the body. We'll just trust the fellowship, okay? But we're all in the process, all right? You can't try to pretend and act that way. Uh, you just stay in the process. Keep enjoying the compound spirit, all right? Okay. So, um, okay, that's the first key, is to deny the self. The second key, take up his cross, all right? So how do we take up the cross? There is a thought within many Christians that to take up the cross means we need to suffer, right? I mean, let's see, Dasha. When you, oh, you're unmuted. Okay, you're you're muted. You're muted. Okay, here we go. Let's unmute you. Okay, there we go. So yep. Dasha, um, if I were to tell you you need to take the cross, mm-hmm. what would you say? What do, what does that mean to you?
6: Mm. I need to die.
2: Okay, you need yeah. to die. Right.
6: Yeah.
2: Bye bye to your choice. Bye bye to your preference. Yes. Okay. All right, that's not necessarily incorrect, but it's better mm-hmm. to look at it from a different angle. Okay? okay, and the angle that we look at it from is when the Lord was in the Garden of Gethsemane, in Matthew chapter twenty-six. Okay,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and there he's praying, and he's actually—I mean—he's in distress. He's smite. He's sweating blood, mm-hmm. and um. Uh, It's Matthew 26, uh, 39. And I'm just going to read it. Uh, The verse will come up in a second. It says, And going forward a little, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Mm. Okay. So the will here, the father's will, was that christ would go to the cross okay Mm
3: -hmm.
2: so the way we we need to look at the cross is that the cross is the will of god
3: Mm Amen.
2: so whatever the will of god is okay that's the cross all right so the will of god may be as you are fellowshipping with the lord back in the united states and you are you're with the Lord and you just have the leading. I need to go to Germany and study. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, that's the will of God. Amen. So actually, that's the cross.
3: <laughs> wow. Amen.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah. But in my case, and this is a, you know, a, like a bit of a smaller example, but my wife asked me, uh, she's like you know i have to finish this deadline can you look after our daughter right now and i'm i'm thinking i've i've got so many things i've got so many things i have to take care of oh uh you know and anyway you might think well just do it man but in any case i i just i just have i just have this little struggle and so i open to the lord and the lord is just like You just need to forget about all that and look after your daughter. Okay. Don't get, don't, your wife just needs to finish that and you just, just stop it. Be a man and look after your little girl. Okay. All right. That is also the will of God. All right. Mm -hmm. So whatever my preference, my choice was, is actually, it just gets crossed out right? But it's mm-hmm. not me trying right,
3: right. Mm. to
2: do it. It's like, oh, the Lord really doesn't, I'm just like, I really don't want to do that. So that must be God's will.
3: Mm. Right?
2: No, no, no. We, we fellowship with the Lord. Yeah. Right? And through the fellowship of the body, we, you know, we, we get clear what is God's will that, that is to take up the cross. Okay. Now, let's sorry, let's go back and we'll, we'll, we'll hit the last key. And the last key is um, uh, to, um, uh, to lose the soul life. Okay. All right. And now to lose the soul life, uh, let's see, where are we? Yeah. So for whoever wants to save his soul life shall lose it, but whoever loses his soul life for my sake shall find it. Right. Okay, when we talk about the soul life and losing it, what we mean is, and what the, what the, what the verses here are referring to is to lose the enjoyment of the soul, mm. right? So it's not like your soul as, it's, as an organ, it's not like you have, it's not like you stop thinking or feeling or deciding, Mm-hmm. What it means is that the enjoyment of your soul. Okay, now I have to ask this question. What is the highest enjoyment?
0: Bearing fruit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, <Matt. laughs>
2: Well, yeah, cool. but... Well, in this case, no. Oh,
0: Oh, okay, in this case,
3: okay.
2: (laughs) What do you think the highest enjoyment is? Okay, you've got physical enjoyment, you've got soulish enjoyment, and you have spiritual enjoyment. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the highest enjoyment?
6: Spiritual enjoyment.
2: That's what I thought, too. (laughs) True, true. But actually... The highest enjoyment <laughs> is the enjoyment in our soul. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, what does that mean? Now, you have to, don't misunderstand here. Okay. Okay. Uh, our soul was created by God. We were, man, mankind, men, they were created as living souls. We were not created as a spirit.
3: Mm-hmm
2: right? We were not created just as a bot, we were created actually as a soul. When you look at how the Bible describes people, many times it says there were, you know, 500 souls, you know. That is how man is, okay? But the question is, where do we get our enjoyment from? Do we get our enjoyment from the physical things? Do we get our, I mean, I'm, to be honest, I love food. I really <laughs> like food. Okay, Thank you. I love music. They, there's just some music. I hear it. And I mean, it just, it just hits me the right way. Okay. So that's soulish enjoyment. That's, that's, um, uh, physical enjoyment, but then there's the enjoyment in our spirit.
3: Mm.
2: And actually it's this enjoyment that gives us rest. Mm. So we can enjoy in our soul. We can enjoy in our physical body, but if this enjoyment actually never gives us rest. You always need more, right? You always need a little bit, a little bit more. So in 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 Matthew eleven twenty nine, Lord said, "Come to me, all who toil and are burdened, and I will give you rest." Right you will have rest for your souls, okay? So actually, the way to have the highest enjoyment in our soul is by finding rest in the Lord. So it's mm-hmm. it's actually the spiritual enjoyment that buttresses our soul and gives us true rest and gives us the highest enjoyment, okay? Okay. So when we talk about losing our soul life, we're not, and losing the enjoyment of our soul, we're not, does, doesn't mean that you're a joyless person. You walk around (laughs) miserable all day. Okay. It doesn't mean that. What it means is that we need to deny, we need to, we need to forget about the uh, other kinds of sources of enjoyment. And this is not something that happens all at once. If you try to get rid of everything that you enjoy, you're just—it's not going to be pretty, okay? So this happens little by little. Little by little, the Lord will shine on different things, and event, and then He'll replace those things with Himself as the true enjoyment, okay? Um, I think anyway we're, we're going to go on from here but uh, yeah that's i think that's good so these are the three keys okay and, and one application maybe of losing the enjoyment of the soul of the soul life you know um, i let's say that i'm a brother living with some other brothers and the brothers really make me really angry okay and i'm just eventually it's just like okay that's it i'm going to just go move to another city OK, I'm going to find another locality and I'm going to live with the brothers there. They're way more awesome than these brothers. OK, so I do that. And yeah. then what happens is I get to the other city and I find out those brothers are even worse. Yeah. They're actually worse than the brothers in the other city. And now sure. I'm just like, man, this this is messed up. I'm mm-hmm. you know what? I'm just going to leave the church life because, you know, I just can't <laughs> find anybody who really matches who I am and what I like. Okay, this is a case of not, this is a case of actually saving our soul. Mm. Okay, Um, trying to preserve some enjoyment for our soul. And the point is actually with all of these keys, we experience them most when we're with other people.
3: Mm -hmm. It's in the
2: context of being with other people that we that our self gets exposed that uh the what the will of god is becomes clear and that what we are enjoying apart from god becomes clear okay so we really need to be with other people otherwise we might think we're okay but yeah. the more we're with others the more we'll learn you know oh this is myself coming up okay now i've got the key the key is deny the self open to the compound spirit, amen. right? All right. This is the will of God for me. Lord, I can't do it. Lord, you, you not, but Lord, not my will, but your will. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then that's the second key, taking up his cross, taking up the cross. Then Lord, this, I, 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 you know, I love this. You know how much I love this food. Okay. But, and then the Lord's like, yeah, but if you keep eating it, you're not gonna last very long.
0: I love it.
2: Okay, so the point is this, all right? Eventually the Lord gains that part of our heart. What we're describing actually is in Ephesians 3.17, that Christ Mm -hmm. may make his home in your hearts, Mm -hmm. right? This is the homemaking process, but practically how it happens is we apply these three keys. And so in, in Mark chapter four, the kingdom of God is described as a seed that is sown into the hearts of the believers. So actually when we're regenerated, we receive the kingdom of God into us as a seed. But that seed needs to grow. That seed needs to develop. And it actually needs to develop into a realm so that in us, God can do whatever he wants to do. And we can all ask ourselves this question, can God do what he wants to do in me right now?
3: Mm.
2: Are there any parts of my being that are not open to the Lord?
3: Mm.
2: Is there anything that I'm reserving, that I'm not keeping, that I'm hiding, that I don't want the Lord to touch, okay? The enemy will come in right at that point, and you will become afraid. He's like, no, Lord, no, 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 that, no, we can't do that. We can't touch that, okay? This is where we need to realize that the Kingdom of God is not a harsh Kingdom. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says that the Kingdom of God is the Kingdom of the Son of the Father's love. The Kingdom of God is an incredibly pleasant, wonderful, loving, sweet, enjoyable environment there's nothing to fear in the kingdom of God the only person afraid of the kingdom of God is Satan
3: Mm. so
2: anytime that we have any fear related to the Lord working in us inwardly we need to realize that's actually not from us that fear is actually from Satan
3: Mm.
2: so what we do is we just open that Lord you know how I feel about this Lord Come into this part of my heart. And we may not feel like anything's happening, but actually what's happening is he's operating in a really hidden way. And then before you know it, suddenly you're okay. Yes, Lord, you can (laughs) touch this part. I'll give you a good backup prayer. You can say, Lord, I'm not willing. But Lord, I'm willing to be made willing. Amen. Okay. Yeah. All right. There's a lot to cover, and we're about running out of time, but um, I'm just going to go through a few more practical applications. Uh, One is um, the way that this, that the Spirit operates in us, one of the most practical ways is through the Word, okay? So if you go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the Word of God, okay, Uh, let's see. Yes, Dasha, can you read that?
6: Yeah. For the Word of God is living and operative and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing even to dividing, even to the dividing of the soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and able to discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart.
2: That's right, yeah, amen. Okay, so the word of God actually, you know, we don't have to try to kill the enemy <laughs> inside of us. What we can do is we can just pray over the word. The word actually is sharper than any two-edged sword. And now two-edged here is key.
3: Mm.
2: T- two-edged means on the one hand, we die. But on the other hand, it kills the enemy. Wow. Right? Because the enemy is inside of us. So actually, when we pray over the word, what we're doing is we're slaying the enemy within us. Okay? Now, just in case we don't uh, believe that, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. Right. Okay. Dasha, can you read that?
6: And receive the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which Spirit is the Word of God, Hmm. by all means of prayer and petition, praying at every time in Spirit, and watching unto this in all perseverance and petition concerning all the saints.
2: That's right. Actually, in many translations, it'll say, it'll kind of say that the sword is the Word of God. Uh, But actually, the antecedent in Greek is referring to the spirit. So the Mm. spirit, the sword of the spirit, which spirit is the word of God? Okay. All right. So uh, when when we, and then how do we take that in? It's by means of all prayer. Actually, in Ephesians chapter six, you have got this list. And this list is the armor of God. And this list is actually on the church. The, the, the armor is on the church as the corporate warrior of God. But how does that armor become effective? How do you have the shield of faith? How do you have the shoes, which are the, uh, the, the gospel of peace? How do you have the um, helmet, and, breast, helmet of, uh, and breastplate of salvation? How do you have all these things? It's actually by means of all prayer.
6: Amen.
2: So the more that you pray over the word, the armor is applied. Okay, the two-edged sword kills the enemy within us, and and uh, and 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 gives the Lord the way to operate us and make His home in our heart.
3: Amen.
2: Okay, I'm gonna wrap up, uh, and the way that I'm gonna do it is uh, we're gonna go just look uh, very briefly at Song of Songs, 6, 4, and 10. Okay. You, okay. Um, Dasha, can you read that?
6: Yeah. You are as beautiful, my love, as Tirzah, as lovely as Jerusalem, as terrible as an army with banners.
2: Mm. Wow. Amen. So, and then verse 10.
6: Who is this woman who looks forth like the dawn, as beautiful as the moon, as clear as the sun, as terrible as an army with banners?
2: Mm, Awesome. Okay, let's just go back to verse four real quick. And um, so first it says, you're as beautiful, my love as Tirzah, as lovely Mm -hmm. as Jerusalem. So there the Lord compares his lover to a city, okay? Mm -hmm. But then he says, she's as terrible as an army with banners. Okay, so to the Lord, we are beautiful. Amen. To the enemy, we are terrible.
6: Amen.
2: Okay, now let's go to Revelation 19. Revelation 19, verses seven and eight. Okay, let us rejoice and exalt, and let us give the glory to him, for the marriage of the lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. Amen. And it was given to her that she should be clothed in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteousnesses of the saints. Mm. Now let's look at verse 14. And uh, uh, Dasha, can you read verse 14?
6: And the armies, which are in heaven, followed him on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean.
2: Okay, where else did we see fine linen? Boom.
6: In, just like a few verses up.
2: Yeah, the bride. The, <laughs> the bride, bride had, right. was dressed with fine linen, Amen. but now the armies, armies in heaven are dressed yeah. in fine linen. Yeah. Okay, what's going on there?
6: The bride is the army.
2: Boom. <laughs> okay? The city is an army terrible with banners. Amen. The bride is the warrior. That fine linen signifies all of the homemaking that the Lord mm-hmm. has done in the overcomers over their entire life. All right. So all these experiences that we have of the Lord, applying these three subjective keys to lock up the gate of gates of Hades, all of these things actually become our experiences of Christ. And these experiences of Christ serve a dual purpose.
3: Yeah.
2: On the one hand, they're our bridal garment. They're our mm. wedding dress. But then, as the armies are with the Lord, you know, the man-child has been raptured. And now, it's like, okay, Armageddon's happening. Should We should go down there. And then, you know, sometimes, of course, you know, the bride, she, she asks, you know, well, what am I going to (laughs) wear? You know, what am I going to wear to this, to this battle? Army And then, (laughs) and, and, you know, and the Lord, you know, there's just the realization, the wedding dress, it's your Mm. wedding dress. Your wedding dress is actually your battle dress. Okay. That's your suit of armor. (laughs) Okay, so so the point here is this: in all of these things, you know, and, and just look, just if you think about it, in Ephesians chapter five, it's the church as the bride. In Ephesians chapter six, it's the church as the warrior. All right, this thought is throughout the entire uh, scripture. But the point here is this: if we want to fight for the Lord, mm-hmm. the key is we need to love the Lord. Amen. Right, actually, it's by having the Lord as our first love that we can love Him more than we love ourselves. It's Mm -hmm. actually His love that conquers us, His love that subdues us, so that we don't love ourselves more than we love Him. Right, Mm -hmm. and this actually is what allows us to deny ourselves. So, the more we enjoy Him as the compound spirit the more we learn to give the word of our testimony to the enemy, and the more we just fall rapturously in love with the Lord Jesus so that we can deny ourselves, take up the cross, and follow him, the more we will be prepared to be his bride and to be his warrior. That's not as individuals. That's corporately as the body of Christ. And so I think uh, we have a wrap-up,
0: right? we've really gone the distance today, (laughs) really gone the distance today, okay, so I, you know, Guillaume Guillaume lives in Paris, and I've been to Paris, I've been to Paris a lot, and the reason I've been to Paris a lot is because I always go to Normandy, I love Normandy, it's actually, People ask me, I've been to a lot of countries, and people ask me where my favorite place on earth is, and it's actually Normandy, okay? There's a lot of reasons, but, you know, it's not time to get into that, but Normandy is famous for a beachhead. It's famous for a beachhead, and it's actually the most famous beachhead in the entire world, okay? So everybody, you know, well, not actually, unfortunately, not everybody knows. Everybody needs to know about June 6th, okay? But that's that's okay uh, if you don't know, but the Allies took the beachhead, which is actually what ultimately ended World War II, okay? I, I don't know if there's historians in here. I'm a history major. I'm highly aware of everything else that happened on the Eastern Front and everything like that. But the point being, the point being, the Lord needs a beachhead. Amen. Once the allies took that beachhead, the war was already over. There's actually a very famous German soldier who, who looked out, and when he saw all of the ships and all of the planes coming, he actually wrote in his journal that the war was over. Okay? So this is, this is ultimately what we want to be to Satan. I want, I want him to wake up and I want him to just look out and see all of us coming. And he just realizes it's over. It's over. I can't take this on. Okay. And so this is, this is the aspect of submitting the enemy. Submitting the enemy is an, uh, is an aspect of the will. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's crushing another will. It's subduing them. Okay. Yes. And so actually what we're doing is we're, sub- we're forcing Satan to subdue his will to actually relinquish that thing that he started in Isaiah 14, right? I will, I will. And actually we come along as the creature and we break that will, okay? And so, okay, so last week what we, this is the wrap up. Last week, there's actually, what we want you to see is there's two beachheads, Okay, there's two beachheads.
5: One of them
0: is this week, and that's the beachhead in your spirit. The Lord needs this beachhead in your spirit to be a testimony when you when you take the cross, which, by the way, Dasha, can you crucify yourself? No. Okay, even if you tried, you'd, you'd still have one arm free, and you'd be trying to nail it down, but you can't. You can't crucify (laughs) yourself. No. Okay? And so this is the deal. You can't do it with your own will. Oh, yeah, I'm going to deny the self and all this stuff. The cross is found in the spirit. Right. Okay? Mm -hmm. This is why we started off with the compound spirit. Okay? This is where you find the blood. This is where you find the cross. This is where you find resurrection life. This is where you find everything okay, the humanity of Christ, everything is in this compound spirit, okay, this is the first beachhead, the beachhead is in your spirit, mm-hmm. and you, you, you know, it's honestly, your, your spirit is like a little castle, and, <laughs> and there's a little, there's a little, you know, there's a little, like, a, what is it called a mode, what's, what is that thing called around the, around the castle, a, a, moat, you know, yeah, moat, I knew it, I knew it was wrong, Okay. It didn't sound right coming out. There's a moat. Okay. And then there's a little drawbridge. Okay. The drawbridge is your will. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so literally the Lord could be enthroned in that castle, but the thing is he wants dominion over all of the land. And so you have to exercise your will in one sense, and that's allow him to come in. Okay.
3: Amen.
0: You got to lower the drawbridge and you say, Lord, come in and have dominion over all of the land Mm -hmm. i want you to take over and have you want i want you to be the king and i want you to have dominion okay okay this is the first beachhead which is in Mm -hmm. your spirit but but we're not individual believers right and actually when we meet when we meet on the ground of oneness which we saw last week okay this is the, this is in, in John seventeen twenty one when we talked about the oneness is an expression to the world that the world would know. Okay. Actually the, I, I learned early on when I was, when, you know, anyway, when I came into the church, I just learned, you know what? The reason why oneness is the most genius thing in the world is it forces me to die. Amen. Okay. The God ordained way it forces me to lose my soul life right
3: mm. and
0: and literally I'm going to tell you guys this insanely short story, but it was the it was the moment in time that I realized I couldn't go anywhere else you know i grew up I grew up as a Christian and I'm at this Mexican restaurant in Austin Texas and there's 20 people there we're all having oh, I miss Mexican food so bad we're all having Mexican food and this older sister man she offended me so bad I'm not even going to tell you what she did but she like embarrassed me in front of everybody and I was so mad oh man I was so mad and I and I got up and I pretended like I was just going to go to the bathroom but but in my mind I was like I'm out of here forget these people I hate these people. you know and so I like, I went out to my car and I got in my Toyota 4Runner, okay? And I'm telling you guys something that, you know, anyway, very few people know and actually God knows. So I'm sitting there in my in my car and I turn on my car and I'm about to drive away. They still think, they still think I'm coming back from the bathroom, okay? And so I'm in my car and I, it dawned on me, Trevor, where are you gonna go?
3: Mm, well, <laughs>
0: if I leave this, where am I going to go? And at that, po- at that moment in time, I realize I can't go anywhere. I can't go anywhere because no one else I know is meeting this way. Mm-hmm. And I can't deny what I've seen in the Bible. It's what right, the Bible right. says. It's mm-hmm. God's desire. It's not mine. It's his choice. It's not mine. Yeah. Okay. And you know what I started doing? I got so mad. I started hitting the steering wheel. I started hitting the dashboard. I was so mad that I couldn't, I couldn't leave and go anywhere else. And then I just, and then I just started, I just, I just submitted to the Lord and I said, amen, Lord, amen. You brought me here and I can't go anywhere else. And so I got out of the car and I went inside and they just thought I spent a lot of time in the bathroom. (laughs) But now, now you all know the real story. It, right? They don't realize that I just had this interaction with the Triune God on the throne, and He showed me that He He gave me a vision, and I can't go anywhere else. Okay, oh, okay. so this this is the ground of oneness. It forces you to die.
3: Okay, right.
0: to die. It's amazing. It's amazing. Okay oh man okay so what we're i'm going to show you guys this one verse and this is the wrap-up okay i know we went long today you know but that's what a dive session is it's it's legit whenever you want we're on zoom you can come okay so i want you guys to see this really quick dasha can you read verse 14 really quick for us please
6: absolutely and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole inhabited earth amen. for a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come.
0: Okay, okay. Okay, the gospel of grace is the Billy Graham gospel. You're, by grace, you have been saved through faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. This is the gospel of the kingdom. It's not a different gospel. Okay, it's a different aspect of the gospel. We're highly aware that it's not a different gospel okay? But there's different aspects of it, okay? So this is the deal. This is the deal. The gospel of the kingdom is the kingdom seed that has been placed in you, and it now has dominion in your soul, and it's being expressed on the earth as a testimony to all the nations. Nations is where the Greek word, it's ethnos. It's where we get the word ethnicity, okay? So every ethnicity on the earth starts to see this testimony being lived out. This is the gospel of the kingdom. Okay. This is not, this is not a bunch of Americans moving Mm. to Germany. Okay. And meeting on the ground of oneness. Okay. You, there has to be an ethnos there. The Mm. testimony is the ethnos. So guess what? We need Germans. Okay. Praise the Lord. So this is the deal. When that happens, then the end will come. So the testimony is the living out of Christ, which only happens if those who have Christ in them are allowing Christ to, to apply the cross to them and actually bring them into resurrection. Okay? Now, this is the end. Our only friend, the end.